Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 9 of the Potentiation Podcast. I like to start every episode off with gratitude, so thank you to everybody who is tuning back in after, what, uh, almost two months off. It feels a little bit of crazy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a personal training business outside of this, which I may or may not have mentioned in past podcasts that really just took over for the past two months. And commuting all over the place every day or almost every day, at least six days a week, has taken up a lot of my time. And I'm really thrilled to get this episode back to you guys because I recorded an episode with one of my best friends, uh, a great friend in general, my friend Malik Rivera. Now, Malik is one of my favorite guests thus far, not just because he's one of my best friends, but because we had a conversation that I think for both of us was very cathartic. When I look back on our friendship, um, it's lasted a decade now, and and you know a lot of people don't hold on to friends that long, so that's the first special thing. The second special thing is that when you consider what's happened in the past 10 years, not just with yourself, but maybe with your friends, I, I think back to when we met in high school, and if you were to ask me a decade ago where the two of us would be 10 years from then, I certainly would not have told you living a couple blocks from each other in Queens, in New York City, mind you, working as personal trainers during the middle of a pandemic. The the words middle of a pandemic are in like everybody's head at the moment right now. But I had a great conversation with Malik. I'll tell you a little bit about him. He's a fitness specialist. He's a videographer, content creator, uh, and he's a vegan. And we spent a lot of time talking about his veganism and, and what it means to him. He's not the traditional vegan in the sense that he had aller- had an allergic reaction to meat. He just really likes the cause. He's for protecting animals. And he just decided to do it one day on a whim, you know, all by himself without any real external motivation to do it. And he followed through with it. You know, he didn't he didn't do it for a week and then stop. He just kept going and since that day where he decided it's really kind of changed his life, and, and we talk a lot about what that impact on his life has been. We talk a little bit about his fitness career and how he literally went from a hospital bed to placing second in a bodybuilding competition over the course of a couple of years, which if, if you're a friend of Malik's and you know him or if you know him personally, it's, it's really astounding to his temperament that he was able to accomplish so much and that he's still going today you know he was moments away from death and um you know for as deep as that sounds i think you'll really enjoy what he has to say about being an inspiring person because that's what he is he's just an inspiring guy so without further ado this is episode nine of the potentiation podcast we're back enjoy guys welcome to the potentiation podcast episode nine I'm here with my good friend who I'm going to spend the next 30, 35 minutes just chatting about life with my boy Malik Rivera. Yes, sir. Thanks also, for having me on. Yeah. Also known as the Aesthetic Dreamer. Also, uh, you're aware of many hats, bro. So, yeah. but, but uh, how are you, bro? How's it I'm going? good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, I'm blessed, especially during a time right now where, right. Right. you know, there's a lot of people going through their own battles. Um, you know, the <clears throat> pandemic has definitely changed a lot for us. Yes. This year, for sure. 
but it's been a, a year if i could describe this year in one word it would be a year of growth um, oh for sure you know so yeah i'm, I'm good I, i've been producing a lot of content um getting into the vegan scene uh, nice. which has been really cool and activism uh, i feel like we got a lot of good stuff to talk about a lot of good stuff to catch up on today yeah man i mean you're just getting back from miami for yeah. what looked like a ridiculously fun birthday trip uh, that was also a work trip, which yeah. sounds like you usually never combine those two things. But what was that like? It, it was interesting. You know, I'll, I'll start off by saying um, the first the first thing that happened in Miami or going to Miami was we were about to miss our flight. Um, yeah. You know, it was uh, we were like an hour out from the line and we were worried about that. So we just made it. Also, the airports were packed. The, yeah, the airport is starting. To, it's interesting because since the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. you know, I saw people um, posting at the airport. There was nobody in the airport. Yeah, and, I know. And now it's like everybody's back to like full capacity. I wouldn't say it's like full capacity, but it's it's more so everybody's trying to get back to a way of life. Sure. So they know they have to travel, you know. Yeah. A part of me traveling, obviously, was for work. So um, the, the trip was, was very was very fun it was enlightening it was energetic i ended up hitting up carnage before i went um that was that's the first story i guess i'll start off with so i hit up carnage because he posted up a story if you, anybody doesn't know who carnage is he's a, a very high level edm artist right, um right trap artist he's very well known in the scene music scene so i hit him up because i see a story and it says he's looking for a videographer he's looking to do an interesting project he doesn't reply to me, obviously. He's got, like, 2 million followers. I'm like, I mean, he's... it's worth a shot. I send, like, six DMs. I'm like, he's going to see this. He's yeah. going to see this message. I feel like if you don't go in with that mentality... Yeah, you have to, you yeah. know? That's um, why you got backstage. But, yeah. But, I mean, I spoiled the story. No, no, we'll go back to yeah, it. It's, it's so... It's it's an amazing story because, literally, I hit him up not thinking I'm going to get any, any word back. Get to Miami. I'm, I kind of forget about it. I'm like, we're going to his event anyway. Right. So I, I told him, hey, you know, I'm going to be at your event. Um, I would love to try to link up so we can create some content together. You know, I know you said you had a good idea. So, you know, let's try to work together. Yep. He doesn't end up responding, like I said. We get there. Um, the second night is when we're going to a, a party, the party that he, he's, uh, DJing. he's DJing at. Right, right. And I have my camera in my fanny pack. I never bring my camera out with me, you know, to events because you, you kind of just want to have fun, live in the moment. Um, but, but this, I was like, I got to bring my camera. Something was telling me, bring your camera. So I put it in my fanny pack. I knew they were going to let me in with it, but it's Halloween, fast paced, a lot of stuff going on. They didn't end up checking my bag. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but anything else that was going on that night. But for me, you know, I'm safe. Uh, It worked out. So I get in there, I start filming everything. We get in there right when we get in, he's, he's getting on. He like just got on stage. Shit. So I start recording. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're having a great time and a little bit throughout the night, we get to the end, he starts talking a little bit um, on stage, a little bit about the pandemic, you know, staying safe and, and glad that he's back, back um, in the scene because, you know, obviously artists haven't been able to perform, they haven't been able to, you know, cre- they've been able to create, but they haven't been able to, to be do, in front of people. be in front of people, you yeah. know, and create that energy for the world. Right. Um, so it was cool to be around that and, you know, he was he was just happy to be in the moment and his, his uh, talent manager was behind him and he actually reached out to me and he like put his hand out and I was... I was kind of like taken aback. I'm like, does, yeah. does he want my camera? Yeah. Is that what he's? I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. It was weird. So I give him my camera reluctantly because I'm like, is he gonna give it back? And then he starts recording the whole scene and Carnage talking, and then all of a sudden Carnage drops out, drops a new song, Lemonade. Okay. Um, I forget who the original artist is, but Carnage does a little better. Yeah. Uh, but he starts playing the new song, and the crowd starts going crazy. And then he he had my camera for about like 15 minutes throughout the whole night. 
and that's scary because you're like, is he gonna go back? Am I gonna even watch this footage? Like, like, like he could just take. I don't, I don't know if you know talent managers know cameras yeah. like that, but like worst case scenario, he just takes the memory card but gives you the camera. Yeah, exactly. Or just doesn't give it. Well, I guess he couldn't. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had to give it back because he was on stage for sure. But yeah. at the same time, it was like I don't know what. I don't even know if he knew how to use a camera. Oh, if he, yeah. He just grabbed it, and then he starts moving it around like he's an actual like like videographer, and I'm like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Okay. And um, okay. And, and he gives it back to me, and then after, a couple minutes later, he takes it again. And I call up to him at the end of the night, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, you made my night with that. I'm a videographer from New York City. I create content there. Nice. I've wanted to get in the music industry for a while. I reached out to Carnage. Um, via uh, DM, he was like, never reach out to him via DM, always email me. <laughs> and he gives me his email, um, you know, and, and I'm trying to get into connection with him now. And just I sent him some of the work and, you know, hopefully that pans out. I want to see where it goes. But yeah. nonetheless, I, I'm grateful to have experienced that at the end of the day. It was, that's a light, that was the, probably the best birthday experience because it tied in my work. Yeah. Which if, if you guys follow me or anybody knows anything about me, you know, like, I'm, I love creating content. I love evoking emotion and to be able to go look at the footage and see that like the whole crowd is going crazy after you drop the song yeah. like you see me and Kiara my girlfriend in the crowd and there's something it, it just, it, yeah it's awesome yeah it's it's way better when you like I mean like really who's gonna complain about like like that wasn't really even work for you but like, yeah if that's what work is yeah like who's gonna complain about that on their birthday like Absolutely. I, think, I think that's the best uh double whammy but but you mentioned um you know because we a lot of people know you as uh aesthetic dreamer but you're also like we grew up together and stuff yeah. like that so so the biggest change i've seen you go through in the past couple of years uh you mentioned it earlier was your transition to going vegan yeah um which I want to talk about because I, I feel like that was something that like when you became uh, it was full was it vegetarian person or was it full on vegan no it was full on vegan like one day okay. it was like right after a 24 hour fast I'm like I'm gonna do this and just never turn back yeah that was it like like what is would you say and I feel like everybody has a different like reason for why they do it but there's a it's a huge community yeah what would you say has changed about your uh, outlook on life or, or your personality since making that transition? Um, I would say the biggest thing for me would be connection. Yeah. Um, I did it. So initially, going back, initially I did this because I wanted to see, one, a change in my body. Right. Um, and I like low-key was spiteful in the fact that people were saying I couldn't do it. So I was like, I'm okay. going to do this. Like I told a lot of people and they were like, talk to me in three months yeah and then at three months came they like talk to me in six months talk yeah. to me in a year you know and it's like i just was I, I just i wanted to do it to prove people to prove people wrong and then to prove myself right that i could sustain muscle on a plant-based diet right um and then it became emotional because then i realized why other people were doing it yeah and other people were doing it more more or less not because of biological reasons like me but more so because they wanted to give back to the environment and the world, right. you know, and they wanted to change the narrative for animal cruelty and activism. And and those um, things tie in a lot together. Like, like I, I find, usually find that people who are vegan tend to also be like, not that everybody shouldn't care about climate, but like real stark climate activists are also usually vegan. Yeah. Like, like uh, I feel like those things pair really well together. Because if you're going to go all in on like one part of the environment, like why not go in on all the other ones? Yeah. So, um, but but that's definitely a like an important distinction because you you look at 
some people and like like my thinking which was I, I admit was very short sighted at the time used to be like oh well like this is before I knew anything about nutrition it's like oh well like do these people really know if it's not good for them or did they just not really prefer it yeah um but then I realized that like people's blood types react differently to certain types of food and like there's certain people who uh like handle just handle the plant-based stuff better yeah and, for sure and there's like there's genetic things behind that that can't you can't really discount so i always thought that was interesting do you ever feel like because you you, you had a pretty seamless transition like would you say that like hypothetically speaking if you had a piece of chicken right now like you, it wouldn't cause you to be sick do you think what yeah it, it so they say i believe it's three years for the statistic for the enzyme in your the enzyme in your body that breaks down meat um to not be able to do that anymore okay. so for me um i'm not i mean every now and then right you go to ve- you go to different restaurants that aren't vegan and you might have something by accident right you know and you don't even know i mean i i know that for me i've gone to a grocery store and gotten cheese that's in the vegan aisle, or uh, you know plant-based aisle vegetarian vegan not knowing it was vegetarian it still had um you know milk in it yeah you know and then i realized later after i used half of it that i'm like shit it's yeah. in it you know so it's yeah. still a learning experience um but I don't know if anything would happen to my body. I, I might get sick, maybe be like an upset stomach. Right. Kiara, my girlfriend, has been meat-free for, you know, f- um, five years. Right. And she she hasn't she hasn't experienced any issues um, right, right. when she's eaten something by accident. It's mostly dairy and stuff, but yeah. I don't know. I'd be scared to try it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> dairy, dairy, I can understand because there's a whole bunch of, like, even when I have, like, milk, there's that feeling that, it doesn't feel like it sits right sometimes. Yeah. Especially if you don't drink milk a lot. But, like, about the feeling, like, that you got, because when you switched over, um, a lot of people say, and I'm if, if I've eaten vegan, like, two or three days in a row, I feel this, too, is that, like, you feel different. But, yeah. like, if you could put that into words, what, is it, what does it feel like? Lightness. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a sense of lightness. Like, you, you just don't feel as heavy. You know when you have, like, when you go and you eat, like, a burger and fries... Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be from a fast food restaurant. Right. Obviously, you're gonna feel like shit after that. But it's it's, yeah. it's mostly like when you go to a restaurant that's actually serves like good, good food. You have a nice like quarter pound burger, and it's like you you eat that and you feel like heavy. Yes. You know, and you you don't even want to move after. Yeah. So for me, it's that lightness. You know, I just feel like I can move better. I, I don't feel as heavy. You know, walking around. And I, I get that. I think I think a very valid. Uh, from like a nutritional standpoint, very valid criticism of vegan is that some some vegan food is still processed. Yeah. So you'll get that occasional, like you said, vegan food that's like, it's processed a little bit. So it doesn't sit as right as like the clean, like very organic. Definitely. It's like, is it hard to get your hands on like the most organic of organic stuff or do you obsess over that or? I, I would say for me, it's like, it's all in, right? So yeah. I, I obsess, I obsess sometimes over the wrong things okay. but you know I, I for this it's like it's become a very like um healthy obsession and it's yeah. like i when i go to the now i'm more cognizant of how i eat and what i eat like i always have felt that this is a very powerful saying and it's it's eat with a purpose yeah and in the training community what that means you know for most of us is you know before you train after you train what are you eating when you wake up in the morning what are you eating to optimize your performance to optimize your output for the day um, before you go to sleep, what are you what are you not eating so it doesn't affect you in the morning when you wake up? So yeah, just becoming more cognizant of like what I eat and why I need to eat it, um, and then also not forgetting to like explore those like the the temporal pleasures where you want to have something sweet or like yeah. you know something that's 
that you know pleases you like it doesn't have to be you're eating healthy all the time you know for yeah veganism. exactly that's that's the thing that really gets people depressed with their diets like yeah. they get into a habit and which is good you know it's good to have like five or six straight days where you don't like spoil yourself but if that spoil yourself day doesn't come like yeah regardless of what you know vegan pescatarian any type of diet you take it you're not going to be enjoying yourself but um to to the point of training and let's talk about your training a little bit um from like your early inceptions to like when you just started lifting lifting to like bodybuilding to now it's just like total yeah. strength and athletics um would you say that that you feel and this is a question i ask a lot of people who are like our age yeah but but have been training themselves physically for a while do you feel like you're at a like training peak? Have you been in better shape than you are right now? I would say I've been in better shape okay. in a physical form. Yeah. Um, I've been in. It's it's different. Like it's it's so hard. So if you know how I train, if you you know Fran has been around me ever since I started training. Like right. seriously, just even before at playing football in high school, like yeah. we didn't know shit yeah. about training. Exactly. Um, we were just throwing yeah. shit around, man. Exactly. So, you know, I, I came from a more athletic background, high school, just uh, strictly doing, you know, the, the compound lifts, deadlift, squat, bench sometimes. Yeah. And then going into a, a place where like I had access to a college gym now, and then I started getting serious about training, um, fell off a little bit because I was being a shithead and then transformed um, because of a personal experience, I ended up, you know, going into a, fi- a completely different fitness journey. It's got the smarties on there. <laughs> but the completely different fitness journey, and I started off in a hypertrophy phase where I was just focusing on bodybuilding. I went to the gym. I'm using every machine in there. I'm using free weights, um, and then I got into um, actual functional training when I started become when I became a trainer. Yeah. And I needed to, you know, coach other people because not everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, and, and you have a lot of trainers that you know they want to preach their way of, of training, but you have to be well rounded in this industry. Right. Um, yeah. So for now, I'm at the I, I'm probably the the fastest I've ever been, the most explosive um, adaptations as far as strength are a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. So when I do focus on those heavy movements and I want to train hard and I want to limit my reps you know, more volume, then I will, I will get bigger and I will, you know, get stronger. Um, so I think my body just adapts better now, whatever it wants to be, it starts that process a lot faster going into it. Um, I've always been interested in that because you just turned 20, 28. Yeah. And they, they tend to say like with a lot of like pro athletes, like 26 to 28 range is kind of like peak athletic performance. Yeah. but, But I also think it's possible to go past that range. Definitely. Too. Like, do you? Um, what was the question? I, I'm totally lost my train of thought. Oh, if if you had to put on like a timeline, because you said in the beginning you were just kind of like going through the hypertrophy motions, just mashing certain body parts, yeah. chest, leg, arms, whatever. Um, when when did the like diet really come in as like a? Oh, I need to start paying attention to this now too. Like for example, like because yeah. us former athletes, we can just kind of lift and like for a little while we can lift and just yeah. get jacked and not really care too much about the diet. So when did you start focusing on it? It's crazy because I didn't start focusing on diet until about like two and a half, three years ago. Wow, I didn't know anything about nutrition, hmm. not a damn thing. <laughs> I just was eating to train, and I was like, oh, I want to. I, I should if I want to grow, I should eat a lot. It doesn't matter what it is. I should just eat a lot, and that's yeah. what people will tell you, sure. you know. And I, there's a lot of trainers that'll tell you that's the wrong thing. Oh yeah. But um, you know, for me, 
I feel like now it's, I don't know, I, I just, I've learned to eat what I need to eat to grow. Um, it's just, I, I function differently now, you know, I, I function completely differently. It's a, it's an interesting outlook, The vegan, what the vegan diet has done to my body. I wouldn't tell everybody they need to go vegan, but at the end of the day, it's something to try, you yeah. know, we'll get into that, I think, you know, but I think for me, the biggest thing is the adaptations that I've been able to go through a lot quicker for training. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you notice those, these things more prominently when you, when it's a bigger change, like, yeah. like com- cutting one of those food groups completely out of your diet, your, your body's obviously going to respond, but yeah, how you, how it responds is definitely up to you. What, yeah. what, cause we're, we're both trainers. You both have trained in commercial facilities at some point. Like what, what is your look on outlook on like fitness going forward with COVID with everything that's going on? Cause gyms are kind of slow to reopen back up. Yeah. A lot of trainers are, are strictly training virtually. Like where, where do you see the fitness world going is it all pelotons from here on out or what <laughs> shit yeah speaking of pelotons man i mean you know it's it's funny um when the pandemic happened i was like i went into like a mode of like two weeks yeah. where i didn't know what to do oh yeah i was like sleeping in which is i, I wake up at five every day to train like four thirty, four sometimes if i need to be at the gym at five yeah and it became a completely different way of life and i was like i need to get back into this like we're going to be in this. So we're in this for the long haul. What do we need to do to adapt now? Yeah. And, you know, I, I reached out to my clients that I did have, you know, they took a little bit of a hiatus to figure their own stuff out too with work and how to transition into their own lives as oh, well yeah. now. Yeah. Um, reached back out to them. Some of them were, were privy to training online. Some of them weren't. The yeah. ones that were, they started the journey. Um, and the funny thing is, they're still with me right now. And that gets me into like your question, which is, where is the fitness industry going? I think a lot of it is going virtual, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's not. It's not for everyone, right? Like, there's going to be the diehards, and, and they want to be in the gym. They want to be, you know, in that environment. They need it. The I need it. You know. The appeal. Right? Yeah. And yeah. It, there's not going to be like I have, you know, a setup in the apartment for training. But at the end of the day, being in that environment, that nitty gritty. I don't care if I'm by myself at 12 a.m. or yeah. You know, so you know, with you know other people training, but. You know, those diehards will be there, but for the clients that want to stay online, it's it's a way of maximizing your time. True. You know, true. the pandemic is a big has has played a big part in maximizing people's time. So now how how that time plays out now is more productivity. True. So at the end of the day, if you want to be more productive and successful and you're okay with training at home, my client just had a conversation with me. He's like, Hey, you know, like we've been training together for a year, what should I do now? Yeah. As far as in my next phase and I'm like, you know, I had I just started the conversation with him and I'm like, I think that I'm going to transition a lot of my business online via Zoom. I'm not going to be trying to go around the city. I don't have a home right now, a commercial That's, gym, Yeah. you know, so I'm not training somewhere. I'm training always here. I have a setup here where exactly. I create the experience for my clients so that way they feel like it's more immersive, right? And we have that personal relationship. Right. Um, but he actually bought a Peloton. I connected him with somebody. They, he ended up purchasing a Peloton and I, I thought that was great for him because of his goals. I told him, hey, this is what we'll do. We'll create um a 12 eight week to 12 week program for you in different um you know in different phases yeah and you don't have to be with me in a one-on-one aspect but we'll check in we'll do more con- like consulting um that way you can know you're doing the right things making the right choices and you know still having that healthy lifestyle where you're training and you know maximizing on all that it's crazy because when we are like taught how to sell ourselves as trainers they generally a good practice I feel like is to give clients options yeah and now more than ever there's like 
all all the options because of the pandemic, all the options are on the table. Like it's like, hey, you can work out with me in your living room at whatever time you're off from work, yeah. and and that's that like that's a good thing for the trainer too. I think like at the end of the day, like when you know, like you said, running around the city all day, or or just just even back when gyms are open, being at the gym all day can be like draining. So to yeah. have that freedom, I think, is important for us. My concern, though, as a trainer who's who's generally concerned about the welfare of like people being locked in their houses, like what is it? What happens if that workout a day that they have, let's say it's three days a week, is the only time they work out? Given that people are working from home, like, yeah. How do we? And you might know how to answer, but how do we address that? Like we can only really give them homework you know yeah to, to them for them to do it like my experience as a trainer was it takes a couple of weeks of like sitting down for a while and then that first like long walk or jog to yeah. be like oh i gotta get back into this so that's like a deep hole for people to fall into like two three weeks and then they realize i gotta move around right like, yeah ha- has that been hard for you to with clients too yeah i mean my my clients they think about it like this so from my perspective being in your apartment, yeah, training, sure. working. If you have a significant other and you're with them all the time, if you have kids and you're with them all the time, yep. Um, and e- even the other, just the other three alone, like that's a, that's a lot to be in just one environment for sure. So for for me, I think the biggest thing that needs to be created is community. Yeah, because community is gonna cr- isn't gonna create complacency. Right. At the end of the day, people want to feel involved. That's why they go to the gym. How many people do you know that go to the gym that say hi to at least five people they are not friends with, right? Yeah. But they interact with. On top of that, they know the whole training. Sorry. Uh, it's all good. On top of that, they, they know the whole training community. There's not one of my clients that doesn't talk to every single trainer when I was at New York Sports Club. Yeah. Because everybody interacts. We're a family. We're that, a community. That's a good point. So, like, when you brought up the Peloton joke, right? Like, that's a thing because the Peloton is a community of people, right? True. Like, um, you know, to... to to say it in short, I actually recently had an interview process with Peloton, and what I noticed is what they 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 create such a community. You're such a part of something much bigger than yourself, right? Right, and and they make you feel a part of it. So that's what I'm trying to do right now is create that community. You know, through my following online, um, through you know my personal community of people that I interact with daily. I think that's what's going to keep the enrichment going and keep people involved. There are going to be people that fall off, like you know my client that wanted to get a different experience but still maintain with me. He needs something else. We can't tell our clients what they need. They know what they need. Only they know. That's true. So, you know, the best thing to do is communicate with them and, like, find out what they need. Because at the end of the day, like, people don't want to lose clients, right? Like, it's, it's, it's a big part of this process. And how many people have lost clients as trainers? A lot of us. <laughs> like, so numbers slashed. But it's like you have to trust your own your own process and you have to trust, you know, your clients knowing that, like, you're just leading them the right way. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and there is no always right or wrong way, but you're, you're trying to find the best solution for them. Exactly. I've had trainers on here who who agree that like we have i think more value as personal trainers now than ever before technically yeah um again value is all dependent on what the client wants like you said but but those of us those of them like like you talked about who are still rocking with us like they they know the value that's and that's where it comes in uh so there is opportunities on the on the bright side for us as trainers where if we have those good relationships with those clients, then it becomes, as people want to get more active again, it's like, oh, I have a friend who wants to get back to work out. Yeah. And then, you know, that that's a good, that can be always be a good pipeline as a trainer. Um, talk about what you have 
plan for the future? And I know that's a loaded question because yeah. we got a lot of stuff going on, but like if you could narrow it down to like three or four of your biggest goals for the next couple years maybe, or maybe yeah. five years, uh, what are you working on? What's the most like ambitious projects? Yeah, for sure. It, it, it is such a loaded question because for me, and you know this as my friend personally, mm-hmm. right? I, whenever I, I've, I think of an idea, like I want to shoot for the stars and it's like this process has taught me to be realistic and in growth and um, more stability and how to how to keep compounding on that growth. So right now what I'm trying to do is actually build more of an online presence, like I said, yeah. um, you know, via social media, um, via YouTube, via, you know, just my external and internal networks yeah. um, and, and build that online training community. So it's... It, I'm not having to be in so many places at once because that's the thing for me is like the time uh, between splitting content creation and training. There's, yeah. there's too much time. There's not enough time to be split. Sure. So I have to focus on training right now and create content for myself in order to help myself grow. Yeah. Um, later down the line, I, I see myself probably not being in New York, um, not because of the pandemic and everything, but just because I think the, the business that I want to take is I, I want to take it over. I want to keep some here, and I want to take it over to LA and my and down south in Miami. I, nice. I see myself working between Miami, LA, and New York City. Yeah. Um, via training in some capacity or, or content, I'm not sure, but right now the focus is training. Oh yeah. So within the next year, my hope is um is to bring my uh, the training online training to a place where I have that time, and I probably say have anywhere from about 20 to 30 clients on a consistent basis is a good goal for mine right now. I have about, I'd say 10 to 15, um, and then just still growing at the moment that are consistent. So nice. So build that online training presence and help as many people as possible yeah. throughout the process and figure out how to make this work. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be so many roadblocks that are kind of going to come up that have been coming up, Yeah. you know, losing clients, gaining clients, um, trying to find more exposure, but, um, we're growing. That's just the world we're in right now. Yeah, um, yeah, man, I agree. I mean, I, we we got real deep there at the end, and we started off on such a funny note with the surprise like Carnage concert. Yeah. But uh, last thing before we wrap up, uh, first of all, I'm very jealous that you got to go see Carnage. Like that's insane. Yeah. And uh, was Fisher at the same thing too? No, Fisher no, was Fisher there. wasn't. But Fisher's videographer was there. Was there. Okay. Because I was recording, and he ends up coming up. Somebody in a, in a zebra uh, onesie comes up to me. I'm recording and the nightlife is something I've been doing for a little bit but I haven't been great at filming in in, in camera settings it's always post-production I have to fix everything so yeah, yeah. and with turning up um, my ISO he comes out to me he's like you can put up to 4,000 man and I'm like who are you and he's like I'm Fisher's videographer that's so fine right yeah so it, yeah definitely man it's, <laughs> it, it was a cool experience overall just insane what so la- my last question for you is what would you say of the of the parties and raves we've been to yeah ranks highest because there's a lot like there's like and i can't wait for the day when that's possible yeah but 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 we've had quite a few good ones in recent memory definitely so what what do you think uh it, it's such a hard decision but at the end of the day i feel like you know what was fun i'll take the experience overall experience the last Izu we went to. Really? Yes. Over over Vegas. Yes, over Vegas. Over <sighs> Vegas. Because of how we got there. True. We did I didn't have a ticket. We had to find somebody that had a ticket, and get the ticket from them. Yeah. We had to get we end up getting into the um getting up into the long road. We didn't know if it was gonna work. Like it's just so so nerve wracking. Yeah. And then we get in and I was supposed to go the day before, but I had to film at Playboy because fifty cent was coming into the club. 
So it was like there's so much going on. I couldn't. I, I, in the experience, schedule. we ended up running home two miles after. Remember that? We yes. ran two miles. That was home. a great workout. That was a great um, workout. But yeah, that was probably probably the one of the best festies I'd say I've I've been to because I didn't think it was gonna happen. Yeah, that's, that's always when it's best. Yeah. Is you get in there and then like a couple minutes go by, especially when you know like it worked out the way it did. When yeah. we were in there, we were just like. Is this legit? Like, are we really here? And then we didn't really know until we got to that first set, that first show. We're like, yeah, we're in the crowd. Like, we made it. Like, this is yeah, this is awesome. It's that awesome, awesome feeling when you're with your friends. But, um, wow! Thanks so much for yeah, hopping man. on this, this episode of the podcast, man. Um, we are definitely doing another one because we have way more stuff to talk about. For sure. And I, I, I'm starting to think about doing this now because I did this with Luciano, where we recorded an episode, but I was like. Listening to it over again, I was like, we could have talked about way more stuff. So yeah. I definitely think we should record a second one in the coming weeks if you're not in Miami yeah. or doing something that else. That's great, for sure. Um, anything else you'd like to say for the fans? Where can we find you? Uh, where can the listeners tune into what you have to say about fitness, veganism, videography, anything? Yeah, um, so you can find me on Instagram at underscore aesthetic dreamer. Um, if you type in my name, you can find it as well. Um, but that's my handle. And then on YouTube as well, it's Aesthetic Dreamer or Malik Rivera. And then I just put my website out. So um, that's going to be up. Actually, that's going to be coming out this week. That's a brand um, new launch. So. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Always always brand new news being announced yeah. on the podcast. So. Uh, but you guys know where to find them. Malik, thank you so much for hopping on this episode of the Potentiation Absolutely. Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. You can uh